0: that we might grow to be complete in Christ. In a couple of days we will make that mysterious transition from the year 2012 into the start of a new year named 2013. The year 2012 will vanish to the place where past years go when they are completed. With it, I suspect that many of us may wish that some parts of our lives could vanish with it. Perhaps we've had some bad experiences this past year, sadness a failure. We wish these bad times and experiences could be able to disappear as easily as the old year goes by. But life doesn't work that way, does it? Even though we will now write a different number on our checks from this coming Tuesday, we are still the same person we were on Monday night when we went to bed. We still have the same friends, the same family, the same job, the same debts to face. We speak sometimes so casually about turning over a new leaf or making our New Year's resolutions again for another New Year just starting. Sometimes we really sincere, fully intend to make some adjustments in our lives and the way we live them but it doesn't last long for most of us. We soon become overwhelmed with doing and being and fall back into the same old habits, face the same old issues again and again. But the change to a new year can give us a new momentum. Like a line drawn in the sand, it can represent a strategic moment to make a difference going forward. With determination and a sincere purpose and with good motivation, we can make some changes in the way we do things. But we want to have to, else it will just fizzle out all too quickly again. In my former life as an insurance executive, there was a line that we often used to make the point that no matter how valid, no matter how sincere and how hard we worked about doing something and making a plan, circumstances and events would usually come along to change our direction or diminish our ability to achieve those plans. It was like an unwritten law, but being aware of it, we were forearmed to plan to work around the possible defeat that lay in wait for us around a corner somewhere. It was a poem that contained this particular line we used, and so often as a reminder to be forewarned against those things that would come to distract us in achieving our goals. I can actually only remember that one line since we used it so often, but it was simply this, all the plans of mice and men. Of course the poem went on to explain that no matter how wonderful our plan might be be sure that things will arise that will disarm and distract you in your purpose to be forewarned it is said is to be forearmed dude. I suppose that as we begin 2013, thankful that God has given us the strength and life to pass into a new year, we should focus on why and what. As believers, followers of Jesus and his disciples, why have we been spared to see another year commence? It's obvious. He has more that he would have us do. We are his ambassadors in his majesty's service. The question then becomes, what would he have us do? Rising above the mundane and the sphere of earth to the realm of the heavenlies, we each have a plan that has been ordained previously by God. Scripture is clear on this. Imagine that. God, in his love, has prepared a special plan designed and orchestrated just for us. One for me, one for you. Individualized and detailed to accomplish our part in his comprehensive plan for the ages until he returns for us one day future. As you think about your new leaves for 2013, as you write down your New Year's resolutions, pause a moment, if you're not in the habit of doing so, and give thought to what the Master would have you do for him and the kingdom. Seek his face in prayer as you search the mysteries of the immenseness of his grace and love to find his message to you and those things that are yours to do for him this coming year. God bless you all as you make your plans, and we wish everyone a very Happy New Year from all of us here at Echoes of Calvary.
1: Loving God This is all
2: To make it harder Build steeples out of stone Fill books with explanations of the way But if we stop and listen And break a little bread. hear the master say loving
1: God
0: And now with this message for today, here's our pastor,
3: Alan Lee. Thank you, Greg, and good morning again. I join with Greg and Nathan, the team of Echoes of Calvary, as well as with the leaders and members of the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary Bible Church in extending to you our best wishes for a most blessed and immensely prosperous Christ-filled New Year. God has been extremely gracious to all of us during the past year. None of us can deny this no matter the hardships we might have faced. And of course, we thank him profusely for his continued faithfulness toward us, both as a church, as individuals, and as a ministry. We thank you also for your continued faithfulness as loyal listeners to this broadcast and for your many expressions of appreciation for the blessings and encouragement you have received from the music, Greg's insightful practical comments and poems, as well as for the exposition of the Word of God. It is our commitment, with God's help, and if the Lord delays His coming, to continue to provide such Bible-based, Spirit-energized, God-honoring programs in the coming year. And we trust, also with a new ECB as well. We value your prayers in this regard, as we recommit ourselves to faithfully upholding the Word of God and proclaiming it with excellence for the glory of God, the maturing of His people, and the salvation of souls. Now please join me in a word of prayer as we mark the closing of the old year and anticipating the drawing of a new one. Our Heavenly Father, you are the Eternal One, the God of the ages, and in the words of the psalmist, you have been our dwelling place for all generations. To you, as the eternally existent one, there is no such thing as a new year or an old year. You are the eternally present one unable to experience any such thing as time or change. You are the same today as you were yesterday, and you will be tomorrow. You are a faithful and unchanging God. Your grace, your mercy, your compassion, long-suffering, justice, power, forgiveness, they are and will always be the same. And because of this, we know that we can trust and depend upon you in this new year, even as we did in the old. And even as you did not fail us then, we are absolutely assured of the fact that you will not fail us in the new year. With our faith and trust in you, we can look forward to a new year that is filled only with good things, because we know that even when apparent bad things happen to us, you are still able to work out all things for our good and for your glory. Please help us, Father, to remember this truth when pain, suffering, disappointment, tragedy, and sorrow come our way. Help us to realize that for all who truly love you, you are with us, not only in the light, but also in the dark, not only when we can see you, but also when we cannot. Father, encourage those who are discouraged, we pray, gladden those who are saddened, heal those who are ill, revive those who are depressed, and invigorate those who are disheartened. And Lord, give us all, we pray, a stronger and more intense longing for the realization of the blessed hope so that our life, our attitude, and our ministry might reflect the consciousness of the eminency of the return of Jesus Christ. To that end, our lives in the new year might be purified even as he is pure. We pray these blessings in the magnificent and wonderful name of the Father of eternity, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now this is the time we usually, and naturally so, wish everyone a prosperous new year. Usually, of course, we are thinking along the lines of material and financial prosperity. And while there is certainly not anything wrong, unbiblically or unspiritually, about this, God's concern for our prosperity goes far beyond the material or financial. He is concerned about the prosperity of the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. If you have your Bibles, and you are able to, please turn with me to a very familiar an often quoted and misquoted passage of Scripture that deals with this, it represents our wishes and prayer for you in this new year and beyond. It is found in First Thessalonians chapter five, verses twenty-three and twenty-four. It is Paul's personal prayer for the Thessalonian believers. He says, and I quote: "May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body." He kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and will also perform it. End of quote. The Apostle John says something similar in 3 John verses 1 and 2. This is what he says: "Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along. Or, as the King James version puts it, even as your soul prospers." I want you to notice something here. Paul emphasizes that it is the God of peace himself who will accomplish this multi-prosperity in the life of the believer. Now, the preposition of in this passage indicates that God is the source and originator of peace. He is, as we noted in our prayer, the faithful one who can be trusted to bring about this well-rounded prosperity in our lives. The term the God of peace brings into focus the kind or quality of prosperity God is concerned about in our lives. It is a prosperity that is based upon and infused with peace, peace with God and the peace of God, both of which are the result of faith in Christ. One, peace with God, reflects the assurance of sins forgiven. The other, the peace of God, reflects the consciousness of dependency upon God. My friends, Listen carefully. No one can have a truly happy or prosperous new year without experiencing either peace with God or resting in the peace of God. This God of peace is concerned with our entire sanctification and well-being. He wants our entire being, spirit, soul, and body, the complete personality, to be set apart for his use in this new year. That's the essential meaning of sanctification, by the way, to be set apart for the use of God to be a vehicle a means by which his power is manifested without distraction or hindrance caused by personal interest or sin that is the prosperity paul is talking about here the kind of prosperity god is concerned with it is a prosperity that comes with and is a result of total commitment to jesus christ physical nor material prosperity is of any lasting eternal value if they are not based upon or have their source in spiritual prosperity all of our abilities all that we are are to be entirely and completely set apart for the use of god no part of our life is to be left untouched by him or for him no part of our life is to be left untouched for god Every aspect of our entire being is to be totally given over to Him. This demands a willing commitment on our part, a full surrender of our faculties, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually, our entire spirit, soul, and body, as well as our wealth. This alone brings true, all-around, holistic prosperity. The idea that this verse teaches that God wants us to be materially wealthy Apart from or in spite of a lack of spiritual wholeness is totally contrary to the intent and meaning of the passage, and yet many people who preach what we call a wealth gospel today preaches this. Friends, it is significant that the terms used here by the apostle Paul are associated in the Old Testament with sacrifices that were to be holy and blameless if they were to be offered upon the altar and to be accepted by God. Those were the only kind of sacrifice that were acceptable by him. And once they were accepted, they were holy, that is, W-H-O-L-L-Y, or completely burnt or consumed on the altar. That's exactly what Paul has in mind here. God is only pleased with us, in fact. He only accepts us and our ministry if we are totally and fully set apart for his use. Holy, H-O-L-Y. That's where we find true prosperity, when we put ourselves and all that we have totally at the disposal of God. That's when we know that we are always in the center of his will. This is how Paul puts it in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, that means what he has done for us, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, H-U-L-Y, pleasing to God, This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. End of quote. And I'm sure this is what we would all like to experience in this new year. So then, here is a thrust of the teaching concerning what I call holistic prosperity. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, prosperity. If we surrender ourselves, spirit, soul, body, and our possessions, totally to Jesus Christ, that's holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy to Jesus Christ, to be used in any way he sees fit, then in the words of the Apostle John, our soul, meaning the entire person, will prosper. We will be spiritually prosperous in every area of our life, totally, completely Holy, W H O L L Y. If this is true, then we can truly desire that our health and wealth prosper in the same way. And so I close with the same prayer for you in this coming year as I opened with its words of the Apostle Paul once again Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul prospers. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and will also perform it. As always, this is Pastor Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things. And please, have a holistic, prosperous new year.
2: unworthy how happy we will be when the Savior comes from heaven when his blessed face we see
0: you have been listening to Echoes of Calvary a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the Sanctuary located on Collins Avenue we extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as Echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, Keep listening for that shout. Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon.
2: There forevermore to stay. Hold the fort a little longer. In your struggle of a sin. Trust the great commander's promise. He will surely come again. i